Welcome back. This is episode two of the Wandering Sun podcast. I have my pastor, Carlos, Juan Carlos Santos Jr. How you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Good, man. Good, good, good. I'm so happy to um, to have you on here because you're one of the, the people that have, um, you know, just, just blessed me with so much wisdom. And at your age, you're like, what, 27? 28. 28. You getting old, my friend. Man, I'm I'm getting there. I'm about to go see Jesus. <laughs> and you've been in ministry for what ten over ten years or how long? I got saved when I was uh, about to turn twenty one. So tell us who you are, what you do. I'm a next generation director for a ministry called Ascend. It's youth and young adult based out of my church of King of the Nations. Man, I just got a passion to share the gospel, to see people healed and restored, just like I was occupation, real estate, you know, I help people get mansions in heaven and on earth. So, you know what I'm saying? It's a dual career. I just love Jesus. Love Jesus. And because of that, starting to love people, (laughs) helping me love myself. And that's what it, you know, take it day by day and and experience uh, the craziness of what it is to be a Christian. I, I love how you mentioned about the fact that, you know, you're learning how to love people. There's things that are changing as you become, you know, a follower of Christ, right? So can you give us um, some insight into your BC life. I just found out about this term and I thought it was great. Man, I mean, what do you want to know? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Just tell us some of the things that, you know, you used to do. Or low points in, in, in my before Christ life. Let's go with the with the habits, right? Like vices or anything that was in the past that got broken from, Ooh, you know, coming you to Christ. See. Yeah, um, give me the real I'll start with family. Family wise, like I had a lot of rejection issues, you know, because middle child, right? You hate the little kid, yeah. uh, the little younger brother, because he gets more love. And so because of that, I wouldn't even let my mom hug me like legit. I wouldn't like I would feel so like tense and like, don't touch me. And and I had a good mom, good parents, loving parents, loving family. Um, but it was just so much hate in my heart. That wouldn't let them touch me. I was a pothead. Love me some weed. Love me smoking, you know, rolling up a, a doobie and or smoking a bong. It, it was just I always thought in my head psychologically, I'm better when I'm high. Like, yeah. Life is better when I'm high. Like if I'm if I was watching a movie and I wasn't high, like this movie would be better if I was high. Um, you know, had that had to started getting deep into drinking. I never thought of myself as violent, but when I look back at my BC life. I got into a lot of fights, like mm. a lot of fights, uh, mainly for no reason, honestly. And most of them, what's weird is they would start out with me blacking out. And it wasn't because I was high or drunk or anything. I would just black out. And the next thing I know is like I'm on top of someone or I'm walking away from someone who just got knocked out. I don't yeah. know. It was weird. When, when you don't have Christ, you have to fill a void. And so you fill a void with anything that that brings pleasure right because there's something inherently in your dna that that needs pleasure that needs joy that because that's what you were built for right that's that's what happens when you're in a relationship with jesus and when you don't have that you find it in anything you can and for me it was it was the drugs it was it was it was the girls it was it was the porn it was it was it was anything like that it got to a point where i got insomnia because um, I try to cut out the weed. I try to cut out not just the weed. I just try to cut out the weed because I got into some um, altercations with the popo. Um, <laughs> and so I try to stop the, the, the narcotics. Uh, but 
then I couldn't sleep. So yeah, luckily never got into pills. Cause I think if I would have got started doing pills, it would have gone down a real sour road real quick. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, that was me. I mean, I was, I've always been a, a hard worker though. So it was like, I was a really good functioning pothead. I think I only went to work high one time and while I was in the restaurant and that was the worst decision I ever made because there's like knives and fire and people yelling and running around. And I'm like, you know, like depending on the weed you smoke, you kind of slow down and it's like everything. You're just like, uh, but I would, I wouldn't make like uh, muffins and brownies for the, <laughs> for the restaurant. Like I would steal the butter and steal like some little pans. And then I'd, I'd like, I'd make them some like edibles and pass yeah. them out, like for free. And like the next day, everyone, like all the servers would be like, man, you know, I got lost in DC walking home. <laughs> and like, that would bring me joy. But uh, yeah, you know, all that turned, I went from being, I guess I was a drug dealer. I was a <laughs> I was like, I would sell bread, you know what I'm saying? With, with a little weed inside, which I guess makes me a drug dealer. But um, now you're, in the spe- you're on the spectrum. I'm on the spectrum. Not yeah, you know, Pablo, but I was, I was peddling. To, so like my life looked completely different. Like um, after my encounter with God, I could honestly say my encounter with God literally broke, uh, broke a lot of things off of me um, because I was able to experience what love was and its purity. I no longer longed for the narcotic yeah, um, because that void was filled. And so that made life a lot easier. Tell me about that encounter. So everyone's encounter is different. And, and uh, mine was so unexpected because it didn't happen in a church. It like, it happened by myself in my room. Um, one night it was after Super Bowl. like during halftime, I, I, I was in a car with a couple of friends and I, I was smoking a bong after like months of me trying not to smoke. And so when I smoked with them, um, whatever, I got high and it was cool, whatever. But then driving home, I was disappointed because I was like, man, you know, I promised myself I want to smoke. Uh, I promised my parents I want to smoke because they found out before that they thought I was an angel because I am I was a really good liar. So I'm, I'm in my room, you know, a little disappointed in myself. And uh, I'm just like, man, I couldn't change. And then I was like, I need help. I can't do this on my own. That's legit all I said. Then I went to sleep and then I had a dream. And so in the dream, I'm in this like deserty area, a desolate place is what I like to call it. It was like, it had like reddish skies, collapsed buildings everywhere, like little fort, not forest fire, little fires, little tumbleweeds, you know, the little thing that blows. Yeah. Desert. Uh, and picture that scenario. Um, and then I'm, I see a building. It's the only building. It's a tall apartment building made of brick. And I start from the bottom, like the view camera lens, I guess, of my life looks at the bottom and it goes all the way to the top and all the windows, all the lights are off until like the very top. There's one that's the lights on and it goes inside of it. And inside of it, I see all the homies. I see all the friends, the drinking, the partying, the smoking. And so am I. And I'm by the window. Right. And then it goes like like my personal view. Right. I'm looking out the window. And as I'm looking out the window, like I think I had like a beer in my hand and I'm looking out the window and I see this army of skeletons coming my way, coming our way. And I tell them, I'm like, like, I'm like, hey, hey, to everyone in the party. Right. I'm like, and they stop the music like in the movies, like Arr! and they all look at me and I'm like, yo, there's an army and they're going to come and they're going to kill us. And they look at me like for like five seconds and they go, eh, 
boom. And they keep partying, bumping, dancing, smoking. And I'm just like, I shrug my shoulders. I'm like, right, well, since yeah, I don't care, I don't care, whatever, right? Let's keep doing what we're doing. And like a couple seconds later, I look at the door and the door gets kicked in and the dream goes black. And I know that we all died. I knew, I knew that the army was gonna come kill us and because we didn't stop, it did. Here's where mercy starts coming in, right? Because the dream, I knew I died, like the dream went black and the dream starts over. And it's the exact same dream, um, mm. the place, the reddish sky, the little fires, the collapsed buildings, the apartment, um, everything's off except that one light, right? It goes in, I see all the homies, I see all my friends, drinking, partying, smoking, and so am I. I and then again, I'm looking out the window. Again, I see the army of death coming. And again, I'm like, hey, and music stops. They all look at me and I'm just like, there's an army and they're going to come in there to kill us. And again, man, they're just like, yeah, whatever. Boom. They keep drinking and smoking, partying. And then, but this time I was like, man, forget y'all, like forget y'all. And I get on my knees mm. in the dream and I just start like crying out to God. I start repenting. I start like bawling out tears and I'm just like, God, I'm sorry. You know, like I want to give you my life. I want to, you know, I, I don't want to die. Right. Mm. And, like I'm crying out, I'm praying in the middle of the party and I don't care. Cause I'm just like, yo, the alternative is I die. <laughs> so like I'm giving my life and um, yeah, like I start, I go within myself. It was really, I, I, I can't really explain it, but I go within myself and like, I see like all my, what's like my DNA or my atoms yeah. All I hear is my voice in the background praying, right? And as the intensity of my prayer would go, every atom inside of me would explode. Like, yeah. so I'm praying, all I hear is my voice praying out to God, and I see my all of my DNA or my atoms just explode. Boom, 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 boom. And the more intense I would pray, the more I would cry out, the more intense the explosions would be to a point where I'm like, literally, like, I give you everything, right? And it balls up. It's like, it starts building up. And then, like, it explodes and for like, man, like five seconds or something, I can't even explain it. I felt, I felt love. I felt, I felt love. And I'm not talking about the emotion. Like, oh, I'm talking about like the power of love, like explode inside of me. It was, there was, there is nothing, nothing like it. And it was so powerful. It woke me up. And so I woke up and I'm just like, <gasps> like with tears in my eyes. And then like, I roll over, I get on my knees, I give my life to the Lord and never been in the same sense. Like I would, uh-huh. I, would I started speaking differently. Like I would like people still invite me to parties. I would go to like hotel parties, like, and I was big on hotel parties. Cause you know what I'm saying? We got a little space, you know, um, and everyone's smoking, drinking. I'm just looking at everyone. I'm just like, how sad are y'all? Yeah. Like, cause it didn't, I, there was nothing in me that wanted to be like them anymore, but I would still go. Cause you know, when, when you're freshly slaved, you want to tell everyone about Jesus, right? You're like, hey, you know my Lord and Savior, <laughs> right? So that was my encounter. It was just me and God. And I, I, I'm so grateful for that because it was just like, it was so personal. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind, like, yo, God wanted me to do something. Like, he had plans for me. So, like, that's why he spoke to me. And, right, I could have still been like, nah, I'm good. Right. Right. Because, I mean, the temptations still come. Right. I'm still human. Like, I still have options. There's no God is keeping me there by his mighty hand. Like, it's just like it's always a choice. It's like, yo, you you could choose. You, I showed you my goodness. Right. And you've seen what you could do on your own and you've seen what you could do with me. And man, I'll choose God every single time. 
It's crazy how God communicates through dreams. I was watching, I forget his name, but he, he was uh, an apprentice or like he was under Rabbi Zachari- uh, Ravi Zacharias. Mm. Um, so he was learning under him. And he was also from, I believe, from Pakistan and strong Muslim, right? And he grew up to, to, to defend his religion, you know, and, and, and by five, he knew like five books, the first five books of the Quran and like really, you know, just very rooted in his religion. And he says something that I thought was very interesting, which was how God shows up in those areas is through dreams. That's the only really way that they encounter him. And they, and Muslims believe like in their heart that they can communicate with God in real life. Like, you know, yeah, they don't believe that they, according to him, right. They don't, they don't believe that they can communicate to God directly while awake. And so the way that they communicate, you know, they, they hear from God is in dreams. And when you look, when you, when you hear a lot of, um, um, what do you call missionaries, right? In those areas, they ask people, have you had the dream of the man in white? Or have you had dreams? Because the majority of them have had dreams about Jesus. And that's how they start the conversation. Okay, let me tell you about that figure that you saw, right? And that's how people are getting saved in, in those areas. So, you know, when we look at dreams here, because we're so fortunate to be able to praise them, I guess, while we're awake and have that, we know that we have that access. We don't see the importance of dreams and how powerful yeah. dreams truly are. Um, so that's really cool, man. One Another thing that I really like about you is that you are a student. You know what I mean? Like you're always learning. One thing that you said in one of your classes was that, you know, there is no boring days in the kingdom. When you follow Christ, like there is no boring days, which I thought was like <laughs> crazy because I, I started reflecting in my life and I'm like, man, I've definitely been having some boring days. <laughs> Why is that? Right. And yeah. so what has the Lord been teaching you right now, per se? What is what is he um, putting in your mind, in your heart? One, it's it's the the understanding that you don't you'll never really be able to quantify or to be able to know all of God. You get me? And I think that's so riveting to yeah. me because it's like, you know, you, you, you think, you know, someone, right. Because you spend time, you conversation, their style, boom, boom, boom. And that for humanly, you could, you know, you could possibly know a person very, very, very well and, and in depth. And, but for God it's just like, I knew him in this format for like years and then all of a sudden he's like, well, look at me this way now. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, bro, like, like this, like what, like what Bible talks about, we go from glory to glory, right? Revelation to revelation. And so for me, it's like, if I want to know more about God and yeah. encounter him and more, more than that experience him, right. Because, because the Christian life is an experience. It, it's not this thought, uh, which many people live from a thought standpoint but it's it's more of an experience if i want to experience god and and his vastness then my thinking has to change and if my thinking has to change my attitude my actions my perceptions my emotions how i relate to things and so right now he he's building that foundation and then letting me choose are you willing to change the way you think or what you think is right you get me in order to experience me at a higher level a higher degree and it's it's challenging because I don't know about you, but when I think something's right, 
and then someone tells me it's wrong, it's like, no, you're wrong. Imagine trying to trying to have that fight with God. <laughs> like you're not gonna win because it causes it causes so much. It causes so much shifting in 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 how how you live. But that's what I that's what I love. Like um, he's teaching me so much right now. Like I think one of the things he's really cementing in this time is his value for the church and his people as far as being like, yo, like nothing's going to change unless we're the ones who say, okay, we're going to partner with you, God, to go advance your kingdom and and your ways and and your plans because we're the ones that commissioned for it. Right. And we can't be the ones complaining and not doing anything. So for me, it's that it's like, man, okay, let me, let me submit myself to the school of Jesus real quick and how he did things and how he advanced the kingdom and how he spread the gospel and how the apostles spread the gospel. And let me, let me put my, my, my energy into that instead of trying to find new strategies out of my flesh Mm. that that seem good and seem logical and seem like they'll work. Right. Yeah. At the end, they have no power. So it's like, I'm searching for the power of God in my life right now. Um, and how I partner with him so that, you know, I'll do what I got to do and, and be obedient to allow him to do what he needs to do. Right. Right. I've kind of been in the similar place and specifically in like the creative aspect, right. Of, of of just creating. And even for the church, I've gotten into this space where the Lord has been really showing me. He showed me this one Instagram, which I will not mention. That was really nice. It was from a church. It was really nice. And like I was scrolling through it and I was like, wow, look at these graphics. And they were a small church. And then I clicked on the content of it. Like I started seeing some preaching and I was like, it felt dead. Ain't talking about nothing. (laughs) It felt dead. And and it was perspective. It was like, whoa, okay. And the Lord has been talking to me about this, about, you know, it's not about looking good. It's about the gospel. It's about spreading the message. It's about his connection with the people, right? And I, I've been in that same space now where it's just like, okay, how can we not stray away from from his word and, and from what he wants to communicate to us? How can we stay focused on that and not get distracted by all the prettiness yeah. While still obviously making it enjoyable right, in right. some way. I mean, Jesus um, hair, you know what I'm saying? He went preaching, but he also took a shower. He also cleaned himself up. He was in shape. Yeah. You know, he wore nice sandals yeah. in the movies. <laughs> in the movies. <laughs> you know, yeah. one thing I, that really stuck with me, and it's always, it's still to this day challenging me because I don't think I've gotten the full revelation of it, which, which is weird, but it's a process is one day pastor was teaching about the gospel and the mm-hmm. power of the gospel and preaching the gospel. And what the gospel is, right, is God sent his son to die for our sins and yeah. then was resurrected and seated on the right hand of God so we could have a relationship. Boom. Simple, right? The gospel is that we're sin- we're undeserving. We're sinners. We're separated from God. We're going to hell. And like, that's hard to preach sometimes, right? Because because people like for me, like I know if I was to tell that to people, especially in the climate of, of the day, oh man, I'm gonna get bashed. Well, people man, don't want to hear that. People don't want to, people don't want to hear consequences. And they want to hear encouraging, motivational, God loves you, but they don't want to hear repent. You're a right. sinner, like, like you're going to hell for your transgressions against a holy God. 
Yeah. Um, but there is a, a, a savior. And if you turn from your wicked ways and follow his ways, you will be saved. Right. And pastor was like, you know, if you want to see the power of God in your life, then you have to preach the power of God in your, in, in, in your life, which is Jesus resurrected. And the only reason Jesus resurrected was to save you from your sinful self. And I'm just like, bro, like, it's so simple. But he was like, if you want God's endorsement or power to back you up, that's what you, that's the message. Because it's literally like, that's, that's literally how we get back to God. That's literally yeah. the solution, right? We don't have, we have lots of problems on earth, but the biggest one is a sin issue. It's separation from God. It's like, you know, people could pick up anything and be like, this could be better. This could be better. But in the reality of it, if you're still going to hell, what, what does it matter if you, you know, you have all the riches of the world? What does it matter if you have the cleanest air? What, what does it matter if you have the nicest clothes? Yeah. If at the end of the day, you will spend eternity separated from God. Mm. You, know, you know what I think, what I've seen that's been happening too along those lines, right? Is that a lot of people believe in God, but they don't believe in the devil. And and if you on screw tape letters, right, which is a book that we both read now, one thing that the that the enemy one of the things that he's the most proud of is people questioning that he's even real. Right. Because that's how he stays in the shadows. And so at least for me, that's almost like a hesitation because people don't believe in that consequence. Like a lot of people don't wanna accept it. I mean, think about it. If you if you did believe there was a devil and there was a hell. Wouldn't you? Yeah, like, there's even a chance. You, that would cause you to recognize your your beliefs, how you live. But if I choose not to believe it, what's the consequence of me living this lifestyle? What's yeah. the consequence of me not believe, not submitting to the ways of God? Right. Yeah, I guess it also goes back to the complexity of God because some people hear that and immediately repent. Right. Like they just get it. And some people just need love. Right. And to, to get them to start accepting um, his word and his commands. And so it's that complexity of like, OK, Lord just got me. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But that thing, we, I, I do believe in, in what you're saying, too, of like, man, we need to be able to speak truth and not shy away from it, um, because there is a large body of the a large part of the body of the church that is shying away from speaking truth because you want to be politically correct and you want to get more people in your church which is cool which is cool whatever and you know it's like this is what i love about this generation right it's like yo we we're a generation who has seen so much facade right we experienced so much turmoil so like like i think we're one of the generations that have seen like the craziest things, at least in our time, you like when I talk to my yeah. parents, I talk, you know, like they've been through some stuff, you know, um, but like, man, there's this freaking murder hornets. There's <laughs> you get me there. there <laughs> there's pandemics. There's 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 things, you know, um, at least in, in this century that people haven't experienced. And it's just like, man, this generation is like, yo, we need something real. We need we can't like religion just isn't going to do it because religion doesn't doesn't can't occupy the peace in us. So it's just like, we, like our generation, like is seeking truth, like seeking demonstration. And what I love is if you're a biblically founded person and you read the gospel, there's no way that you could relate what 
what happens in the gospel and not attributes it to how we're supposed to live now. Yeah. Like Jesus went preaching. Yeah. He had church. Yeah. But he also healed the sick, cast out yeah. the devil, multiplied the bread, uh, changed the water into wine. You know what I'm saying? Rebuked the religious, helped the, the, the less fortunate, took down like political power, spoke against them. Like, like Jesus was doing all of these things um, and then says, you shall do greater. And so it's attractive too. like a generate, like, you know, you, t- you go on social media and people are like looking at their, their stones and looking at good vibes and burning the sage and, and, and trying to talk to tarot card readers. And I get it. I, I absolutely get it. But what's, what's so messed up is that those occult practices Hmm. are perversions of what God already had planned. Like, yo, we are supposed to talk to God. We are supposed to uh, yeah, come on. be like, we're spiritual beings, right? Yeah. God, God put his spirit in us. And so like, we are supposed to be able to do these supernatural things, but why has it been become so accessible um, to do it in the, uh, in darkness instead of the church when it's the church's original design to work and function in those areas and not the occult, right? Instead, what we have is Christians like bashing each other, you know, for those things. And, and so the, the people that don't know Jesus, they're just like, well, it's a little less complicated on the dark side. Cause all I got to do, you know what I'm saying? Is buy me a little book at uh, forever 21 or something, get me a little sage and bada bing, bada boom. You know what I'm saying? Um, could you answer that question though? The why? Why what? The why has that become like an easier thing? Like obviously we know it's like deception, right? But we know that we can do those same things in the Christian world. So why has it been this, you know, this oh, the, the other uh, side has become more attractive? I mean, okay, I'll, I'll answer why it's not big or, or widespread in the, co- in the community of the church. Uh, it's, it's their perspective. You know, everyone has different perspectives and glory to God for that. Different theologies. Glory to God for that, because I think we were all made to, to have diverse perspectives and ideas and all those things. But the error sometimes is when we say my perspective is superior to your perspective or yeah. I'm right and you're wrong. And that just causes division. Right. Um, and what I love is that we could both be right and we could both be wrong. Um, but God is going to be the one that judges it all at the end of the day. So we shouldn't spend our times judging each other and causing division. And then for Christians, it's also a taboo to like use the power of God to, to go and reach people while darkness has no problem marketing themselves. Mm. Like, man, I hate going on the Spanish radio in the morning because what do I hear? I hear the, the freaking witch. Hey, you got a problem? Call me. You need healing? Call me. You want to bind your boyfriend to not leave you? Call me. You. You're not scared of marketing. Get me your girlfriend not getting yeah. pregnant? Call me. Like, like, like. I. We want to help you. We care about you. We will tell you your plans and your future. And da 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 da. Right. And at the end of the day, like people, that's you know, people don't look at that as dark, right? Because they're marketing it as helping you. And what it, it, what it does is it opens the doors for the enemy and the demonic in your life. When the church does the same thing, but we market it as, yeah, we love you, but you have to change and you have to look a certain way and you have to da, 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 da. So it brings prerequisites, at least with the, with the darkness, they're just like, yo, pay us. <laughs> and, yeah. we, 
it will help you. Um, and so I just think like if the church was to go back to the foundation that Jesus set was love, love your neighbor, love, help them, you know, look out for them, use what God has given you in order to build them up. If we market ourselves in that truth, you know, it would become more easier for people to find the light and to come to the light without feeling like, yo, if I go there, they're going to be all up in my business. They're going to judge me. For, for, you know, uh, having this disease or they're going to judge me for living this lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but that wasn't the case with Jesus. Like every sinner wanted to go to Jesus. Why would every sinner want to go to Jesus? Because he was helping them, not judging them based on their sin. He was just telling them, hey, there's something better. I believe that Christians are like superheroes. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Straight up, right? Being a Christian is literally like being a superhero. You can heal the sick. You can raise the dead. It has been done. There is video footage of it, right? You can um, get words of knowledge, which means you can know what's going on in people's lives. And that Xavier jump, though. <laughs> for real. You can get prophecy, um, you know, you know to see teleport. what, huh? You know, we could teleport. I don't know about that one, but. Um, yeah. You read Acts. My man, uh, Philip. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's that's new to me. Wait. So, what, what do you mean, like teleport? What do you like? I could be taken from right here, and the Lord takes me somewhere across the world. Well, you know, that's it's it's so interesting because people will hear that right and and take it as a joke, right? But it's real. If you look at the dark side too, and I and I want to touch on this because I want you to demystify. Um, how or not demystify i don't know if that's the correct term but i want you to expose the enemy and how he's uh, copying and twisting everything that comes from the christian community right when you talk about teleporting uh john ramirez an evangelist who was high-ranked devil worshiper right he speaks about astro planning is that it is that astro it's when yeah yeah they they is what you're saying right like they do astro planning and a lot of in instagram you'll see stuff like that like which is making it cool right where they literally will go from place to place in dreams. So I, I do believe that it's a, a real thing because I've heard it marketed in the dark world. Now, can you talk about that, though, how the enemy is literally taking everything that God created it, that God created and twisting it? Oh, yeah. Like, so I have a homie and he, he, he would share, like, he would tell me his stories because he, he does a lot with that kind of stuff where um, he was in high school and he was preaching the gospel. And then there was a witch, witch kid who didn't like that he was getting so much attention. So he would astro thing into his room. He would literally, like, my friend would wake up and see him, like, in his room doing spells. Wow. Like, yeah. And like, you know, my friend would rebuke it and cast it out. And then I think one day, like he he dealt with that joint like viciously. But when you think about it, right, it's all a perversion because biblically it's God who could be everywhere at any time. Right. Yeah. Who doesn't have a limit. And so what the enemy does is understand that the enemy can never create anything. He's not a creator. He's not that original. All he could do is pervert God's creation or God's intent. That's why I hate when a cult, like I was literally having this conversation this week where people on YouTube, like, yo, uh, the church is using occult things and triangles. And I'm like, yeah, I do understand, right? That the occult didn't create anything. They right. just copied what God was already doing, perverted it. And now they're saying, look what the church is copying. No, yeah. it's, it's original. Let's go. Let's go back to the root of it. 
the occult copied what the church does. And so anything you find the devil doing, it's a perversion of what God intended. That's actually one of the ways how I came into the church. Like, well, not one. Well, yeah. One of the ways that I stayed in the church, right? Because when I, before I came, I had this, like, I wanted to get my card read. I just had this thing in me that was like, man, I'm curious about it. And then I did it. Right. Like <laughs> I did it. Right. And it was with the, with the, with some close friends in New York and they did the cards and it was great. And I was like, Oh, look, my future looks bright. But there was some truth to it. Like some of the things that were said, there was truth to it. So now I'm coming out of this, like, man, there is some, there's some power on this, but I don't have no foundation of where it's coming from or anything. I'm just like, there is some power on this. And then I came to church and um, the first night that I was there, officially, somebody prophesizes over me. You know, they speak onto things that have passed, have happened in the past while just putting their hands on me. And from this very loving, in this very loving way of praying over me, in the midst of praying over me, they start to speak upon these things. And I'm like, hold up now. Where are your cards at? Cause you don't got no cards. <laughs> you don't got you. You ain't, you don't got no cards right now. You just putting your hand and me talking. Hold up, and that's it for this. Yeah, exactly. And then we finished, and it was like, yo, here's my number. Like, let's let's stay in touch, man. Like, Jesus loves you. Da 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 da. And you just feel the love, and and that was like, whoa. And so when I when I see all these things that are in the occult, right, in the dark world, once you get exposed to the Christ community, right, true followers of Christ. You start to see all of these things. All of these things are happening, and they're and they're more powerful in the Christian community. They work for good. You know, you can actually, you know, like somebody that reads cards, they'll tell you about your future, take your money, boom, you out in your way, right? They might have put a curse on you, if anything, right? But when you come to um, a follower of Christ, they can speak good things into your into your future, right? Prophesy. They can they can help you address some of those wounds that have haunted you or bothered you for years, right? Or have haunted your family for years. And so that was one of the teachings that you actually gave me early on about how the how the enemy twists everything. So I think it's it's really cool. You've experienced hurt in the church. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because um, I've met a lot of people now that have experienced hurt in the church and a lot of them are driven out of the church. You have stayed and you have grown. Could you give us some insight into that hurt and you know what happened if you can? What was the revelation you had to receive to overcome it? I'm going to give you as much detail and context while still protecting everyone, right? right. Um, yeah, I mean, whether they hurt me or, or hate me or anything, they're still Christians and bodies, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bash because God used it for good. Um, got saved, right? Joined and started going to church. Boom. First year I'm on fire for the Lord. Like, um, second year I go on a mission trip, right. Yeah. Uh, in Italy and crazy things happened. Uh, I, st- uh, Lord gave me the gift of speaking in, in tongues and a whole bunch of stuff, just like the fire went up. That year, joined a leadership in uh, in the church, the youth leadership, big youth, like a lot of youth. And I think in the the role of leadership, I was like the lowest. Like, I think I, all I did was do announcements. And how old were you at this time? Uh, I must have been like 22. Okay. 
23, something like that. So became became that lowest rank of that leadership. And man, I didn't care. I was just like, I'm going to do everything because that was just like, you know, you have that fire. Started working with the youth. Like we did, did so much, did so much. And God was just on it. Like I had so much favor with everything I did. And then that the end of that year, um, I got married. And then at the end, they vote for who will be like the youth votes, who will be the directors that year. Uh, they do that every year. And so they voted for, for me and my wife become the, the whole leader, the whole leader of all the youth. Cool. Boom, man. Crazy, crazy year. Like I got, we got these kids praying, fasting, encountering God, like speaking in tongues, like just power of God, favor. And I had favor. I would take them evangelizing. It was just favor, favor, favor everywhere. And like these kids were growing, like these kids were like growing, like they were healing the sick, like everything. So we get to, you get to like October or August or something like that. And we start prepping for, um, we want, we wanted to have like these revival nights is what we called it. Um, yeah. it like just service back to back. It was going to be a Friday and a Saturday. And so we're praying for this. Our friend calls us and just like releases a prophetic word. And it's like, yo, God is about to equip you guys with like a truck. He, he saw this truck pouring, uh, like backing up and pouring over us all this equipment. And we're just like, yeah, perfect. You know, perfect timing for this revival. Right? Um, and so the, the services happened Friday night. It was, it was powerful. And then Saturday night, it was crazy. Like I've never seen it like that. Like, um, Ministry time, the Holy Spirit took over. Like there was literally people like in rows laid out having visions. There was whole families hugging and crying and just like it was it was glorious. It was powerful. That Sunday, the the pastor comes up to me and he like he kind of rebuked me. And he's just like, um, who told you you could put lights? Or decorate the way you decorate. And I had, like, we had put some lights, you know, to change it up a little bit. And I was like, you did. Because, like, I literally, like, was like, I asked him, what can I do? And he was like, whatever you want. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And so I put a little lights um, and whatever. Did that. And he was like, and he kind of rebuked me for that. I was like, okay. And then he was just like, yeah. Um, and just to let you know, uh, next year, the deacons are going to choose who's the youth leader. Not, not the youth. And I'm just like, what? And so that's when it started. So whatever, that was like, uh, that's what, that's when everything just started. And then it was like the day before the elections, if you would, I was at uh, the prayer furnace. Uh, it's this, this ministry where it's like, it was beautiful. Uh, where it was just a beautiful time, right? It was a conference. It was called a fire conference. And uh, my friend, he pulls us before we leave. Literally we're leaving. And he's just like, Hey, let me tell you something the Lord is saying. I'm like, Okay. And he's like, you, and he's talking to me and my wife, he's like, you guys are are like sheep sent to a slaughter, but you will suffer like Jesus suffered so that other people won't have to suffer the same things you guys have. <laughs> and I was just like, what the freak are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. like, I was like, that's a really heavy word, bro. Like, what are you talking about? And then uh, another person like gave us a word even before that. He was like, hey, I just want you to know that it wasn't man that took you out of your position. It was God because he has plans. And I was just like, 
So all these things, I'm just like, what's going on, right? Long story short, we get into the, the, the election time and they asked me to say a couple of words. So I do, I give an encouragement to people, blah, blah, blah. I'm walking down. Um, and then the pastor of the church just like starts like, oh yeah, we, we offered the position to, to Juan Carlos, but he didn't want it. And I was like, I was like, no, you didn't <laughs> in the middle of the, of the, like, it was just like in church people, like leaders and everything. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, you didn't, you, you said, you did, you said I couldn't have it. You didn't. And, um, and he was like, no, yes, I did. I was like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Oh man. I'm sitting down. He starts saying like, yo, um, I perceive there's like evil spirits here. Right. And pretty much like then this other lady gets up and then they start like rebuking the devil, me. Uh, and then the whole church starts rebuking the devil. Uh, and mm. whatever. <laughs> that wasn't the worst part. The worst part comes when oh, and in like like everyone's leaving. But I'm just like um, I told my wife, I'm like, yo, I want to talk to pastor because like what they did was wrong. Like, like I felt, I felt wrong and I wanted to talk to him about it. And so I go up to him and I'm just like, yo, why are you treating me like this? I like, I, cause I couldn't understand. Like one day there was so much favor and grace and, and like, and then the next day there wasn't, and there was this animosity and this, and I was just like, where is this coming from? Like, what did I do? And so I'm asking him and then he just, keep, he just keeps like ignoring it. I'm just like, no, like answer. Like, what did I do? And then while looking at me, right, and my wife's next to me, while looking at me, but starts directing to speaking about my wife, he's like, ever since she came, uh, you haven't been able to conform because she's in rebellion. And, da, da, da. and I'm just like, like, you know, like when the devil and mm-hmm. the right here, mm-hmm. right, the devil, the, like I was in so much shock. The devil was like, punch him, punch him in the face right now because he's talking about my wife. You know, he's talking yeah. about one that I'm supposed to protect. He's talking about like, and I know her heart, like, like, what are you talking like? You don't even understand the things that she had to uh, transform herself and renew herself to fit in this bubble of, of how we do things here. And, you know, the Lord is just like, walk away, walk away. So um, he says that. And like, I understood it before my wife, like it took her like two, two more seconds. But as soon as they hit her, she was like this, she was like, but I like, what do you mean? Right. But before she could even get a word out, like I, grab her like i don't know i got the super strength i grabbed her and i start like kind of like dragging her walking away and we're like midway walking away like we break down crying because it was just like dang like what and we leave the church um that day or whatever and then on sunday because it was communion sunday uh we asked for forgiveness because i was just like yo bible says you can't say communion if you have anything against anyone so whatever i did that what progressed right was he the the pastor would get upon the would tell the parents not to allow their kids to associate with us tell the kids that we had bad spirits uh, on the altar like talk about us like be like yo there's some bad uh apples here duh, 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 and pretty much against us at one point i was uh the youth leader um in our church which housed like 80 kids uh, I was a Sunday school teacher. I was a life group leader. Um, and I was a sectional, like, um, where, where all the churches would gather in the area that were, that were of that denomination and pray for people. I was a leader there. And one by one, like, boom, boom, boom. They just, they started taking everything away. They would just talk about us. Like, no one, like, remember I told you I had favor with everyone. Everyone yeah. was like, 
I would go to church and no one would look at me. No one would say hi to me. Wow. Um, and then my family was really involved in the church and they started like blackballing them as well. But we couldn't leave because we we prayed and we we're just like, God, what do you want us to do? And God was silent. He was just like, not let it. He, he didn't was saying anything. And wow. we were like, we're not going to leave unless the Lord gives us the OK. Like, it's just I'm not going to go do my own thing. Right. And just because I'm mad or hurt or so much injustice, I'm not going to I'm not going to leave. Like, I'm still going to yeah. God, because I mean, at the end of the day, I wasn't following the pastor. I was following God. And if God didn't say leave yet, it wasn't time to leave. So we stayed there for a year. We endured those things for a year, um, a year of like dryness. And like when we were hungry, hungry, we would drive like two and a half hours to like Frederick, Maryland yeah. to, uh, to go to, to like a conference and get filled there. It was like one of the worst years of my life. But then like God brought redemption, like, um, I met Pastor Greg, who which is, is our pastor, which is our pastor is like the best. Like you, I couldn't ask for a better pastor. Like when people don't appreciate him, I feel like punching them in the face because yeah, I'm just like, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know what's out there. And by God's grace, you know, became became the next generation director here and like leading all these people. And you hesitated too, right? Uh, more like um, I just wasn't planning for it. Mm. Honestly. Okay. Yeah, I didn't care for it. If that's a way to put it, I just wasn't like that wasn't my ambition. My 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 ambition was just like you know do what the Lord calls me, go where He calls me, and and worship and love Him and preach the gospel. Yeah, it just happened to translate into promotion after promotion after promotion after promotion um, into the position I, I'm in now. So, but I attribute it all to that one year, that one year of me not running, the one year of me taking it all and 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 dying to myself and dying to what I would rather do and just trusting that God had a plan even in the midst of one year of him not giving not one suggestion of what was going to happen not one like little glimpse or one little it's okay <laughs> you know I'm gonna turn yeah. this around but it, it really matured me it deepened me so that's how I handled my church hurt I mean, but now tell them, tell them where you're at now. Like now you got like how many, how many uh, in Ascend? 36. Um, 36. People actually working in the ministry. Um, we have uh, young adult, youth and middle school. Yeah. We have creative team, a worship team, a ministry team of like 14. Our services, I could literally say, have increased in just everything, every single time. It's different. Um Oh yeah, before before we went into the pandemic, we were like at a, yeah, it, like I I started I'm a very observant person and like from January from the first week of January it was like, "Whoa, okay, this is different." And then the, the next one it was like, "Whoa, okay, there's more people." And then the, and it was just growing and growing until obviously we had to 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 stop, but yeah, there was a lot of growth. And we started seeing a lot of demonstration, like a lot more healings. Yeah. In our services, uh deliverances um prophetic utterances it's just been it's been fun it's been fun so yeah man sometimes you know sometimes you gotta go through the hurt yeah pruning pruning refining testing and if you know you stay faithful you trust the lord like he's he takes it all for good yeah that's why old testament because you read you read david david's life right and my man had to go through the very same thing joseph he had to go through the very same thing so like for me my foundation was was in the Bible because I 
read these stories and I about these people's lives of injustice, of, of, of how they didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but they stayed faithful and and they were able to see God's promises and goodness because of it. Yeah. A lot of times, like church hurt people, they leave God because of the church and then they aren't able to to put, be in a position for to see God's redemption because they left too early. Right. Mm. And it's usually a foundational issue. Like they, you know, they said maybe said yes to the Lord, but didn't go deep enough um, for whatever reason. And so when things got shaky, you know, they were just like, man, you know, God isn't real or I can't do this or whatever, Mm. whatever the case is. Um, So I'm always grateful. That's why I always push, man. You got to read your Bible because that was that was my thing. Like I didn't necessarily have people who were like, yo, it's okay, God's good. I had the Bible. I had the Holy Spirit just be like sustaining me in those dark, dark times. That's awesome though. Even like David, you know, he will always pray before any, before he did anything. He had to go conquer something. He'll say, God, is it in your will? Will will, will you give me the victory if I go here? And if he heard it, yes, he will go. And obviously if you heard it, no, he will stay. Uh, So that's very powerful. And I think that's something that a lot of us, we, need to implement because as Francis Chan has mentioned in a lot of his sermons, you know, in, in China, um, they, they're privileged to, they, they feel privileged to even hear somebody speak about the word of God. Cause they don't have Bibles, you know, like churches are not a, uh, are not really a thing, right. Unless it's going through the government and they're being like watched and everything. And so I was, I was hearing him talk about him telling the underground church of China about the church here. And they will laugh at him, not laugh at him, but they will laugh at what he was saying because he was saying like, yo, like over there, like if people don't like the service, if they don't like the worship team, they'll just go to another church. If they don't feel comfortable, they'll just bounce around, you know, or if they just want to stay at home and watch it online, then they can do that. Like there's very frugal, right? Like we, we just go wherever we feel good or there's no reverence of the Lord of like, Hey God, like, do you want me to be here? Should I go? And people just move on, on, you know, however they want to move. So that's really cool. Yeah. How, yeah. How, how, yeah, I think I'm, I'm trying to instill that in my life and I've, I've, and it has been getting instilled through King of the Nations, through Pastor Greg, through you, which is, um, it's great to even hear you say like, yo, like you got to realize how fortunate you are. Cause I, I think I could easily fall into that category of not knowing because this is my first church. Right. Isn't that crazy? That's a blessing, you know? I appreciate you sitting down with me. We had a solid hour of some good conversation. I think this was really great. Any last words that you may have for the people listening? Repent. <laughs> repent. What does repent mean? Turn back to God in your thinking and in your ways. Let him show you a better way in, in all of your ways, and he will lead you well and right and righteous to repent be never never be too prideful to to turn back to god or to choose god or to see which way he's going because he has a better way and i just i I believe in this in our generation man we're going to be able to experience things that and see things um culminate and 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 come into fruition that past generations only prayed about or only dreamt about right so if we're going to be that generation we got to turn back to god in all of our ways and all of our preferences and all of our divisions, you got to just repent, turn back to him.